Welcome to this week's Henchman of Comics. I'm Alex Eschback. I'm Matt Golden. And this week we are talking about Star Wars The Last Jedi. You're goddamn right we are. Get So get ready for spoilers because we're going to be spoiling it all throughout. Again, like I say every time we do something like this, if you have not seen the film, do not listen to this episode. Just wait until after you see the movie. Alex has seen the movie. I have not. Full disclosure, I only watched the first three minutes of it and then I left. Matt just watches trailers these days. Yeah. That's just how he watches movies. <laughs> so I'll, I'll be yeah. able to speak to every part of the trailer. It's this culture of binge watching. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, need it faster and I need it now. One thing too, there was some debate about whether or not to do a podcast over this movie since Star Wars isn't really a comic book, but Star Wars comics have been very popular, have a rich history in comics, first with Dark Horse and now with Marvel that at one time were canon and now they weren't canon and now the Marvel books are canon. So we decided to go ahead and cover this movie too. Yeah. Anytime I can talk about Star Wars, I'm all the fuck over it. So I'm going to go ahead and kick us off by telling you a little story about my beautiful experience on opening night at, at Star Wars. It was such a grand affair that I had to buy my ticket two hours in advance for the 7 p.m. showing because that's how our local theater works. Nobody fucking goes. But the theater was packed. It was great. And then thir- 33 trailers, I think, were on before Star Wars. And then the guy behind me was just the neck beardiest neck beard man that you've ever experienced who had a comment on literally <laughs> every damn trailer. That's the best way to watch it, a movie, right? Someone just commenting on everything throughout. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. If, if he liked it, I knew I was in it. And I was definitely going to go see mm-hmm. that movie. But he was like, oh, hard pass for that movie. I'm not going to see it. <laughs> Thanks, guy behind me. I'm really glad to know. And everybody around knew this guy's opinions. It was great. And then after, I want to say, the 23rd trailer, for the next like five or six trailers in a row, that instead of Star Wars starting, another trailer came on. He just goes, oh, <laughs> which I felt that way, but I didn't feel the need to vocalize it for an entire audience. So there you go. There's my little anecdote. I know uh, when I went and saw it, the kid behind me fell asleep during the movie. Yeah, it was a boring movie. It wasn't good. Okay, so (laughs) let's get your initial thoughts. What do you think about the movie, just in general? In general, I absolutely fucking loved it. And this is the first time that Alex or I have said any feelings towards one another. We've prepped the show. We know some things we're talking about. But this is the first time Alex is hearing that I absolutely love this movie. Alex, thoughts? I liked it. I've thought a lot about this movie after I've seen it. It's one of those movies that... I don't know for whatever reason, like I can't stop thinking about it and not in it was so amazing way or so terrible way. Just something about it just won't leave my mind. I just have so much joy thinking about everything that happened in this movie and everybody that we saw. Like I was like every single scene that happened, uh, there was a new thing that I was like, oh shit, that's happening. Oh shit, this is happening. Oh, this is amazing. Oh, that was fucking cool. Constantly throughout the whole movie. Did you have a favorite moment, a favorite scene or anything that played out? Oh, Jesus Christ. Of course I had a favorite scene. If your favorite scene isn't when, and again, spoilers, if you don't want spoilers, why are you still listening, you idiot? My favorite scene is, of course, the most badass lightsaber battle and really the only really good lightsaber battle of the whole movie where we get to see the red Imperial guys get whomped on by Rey and Kylo Ren right after Kylo Ren assassinates Snoke. In just a truly bad baller way. I think my favorite scene, I had two really. My first one was the one where Holda does a light speed into the ship. Just because that was so visually striking. Which one? Hol- uh, Vice Admiral Holda. 
Oh, okay, yeah. Laura Dern's character. Whenever she does the light speed, the kamikaze, into the Imperial fleet or the First Order fleet. And just blows everything up in the room. Just visually, it was striking. Just the bright light with the silence before we finally hear the explosion happen. I thought that was a really cool moment. And just like on a more like personal level, I loved the scene where Luke and Leia reunited on screen. Uh, that was a very touching, powerful moment. It was a great performance by Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill there too. That Laura Dern going into that really brings home a theme that you really get from the start of this movie when they take down that uh that ship at the beginning with those bomber the slow moving bomber ships where Rose's sister is actually ended up saving the day and is then killed by all the bombs blowing up around her. The movie had a ton of fucking heart and I wasn't expected to go into the Star Wars thing and and have all these feels for anything but really Carrie Fisher. And my heart went out constantly for this movie. Ryan Johnson did just an incredible job of tugging at your tugging at your guts the whole movie yeah, in just a really new kind of way that I didn't really expect from Star Wars. I didn't really get that in the first one as much. What about with Rogue One? Oh, in Rogue One, absolutely. But I'm saying like in the in the episodes, the nine episodes that we're getting, that was one of the first times that I really felt that way. I mean, in the original trilogy, you'll get that occasionally. But the first three, other than the last moment, you know, with Ewan McGregor getting the higher ground, saying he trusted yeah. him. Yeah. I mean, you still have it, I think, in The Force Awakens when Han returns to the Millennium Falcon. Okay, yeah. There's yeah. a few little things yeah. like that, sure, in The in, in the Force Awakens. Yeah. And when Han dies, of course. Yeah. If I mean... you, sorry, if you were <laughs> not wanting Force Awakens, spoilers, guys. Oops, my bad. So, whenever you left the theater, were you, just, were you on cloud nine after seeing this movie? I was. I was pumped up. It was also late, so I was only as pumped as I can be at 10 o'clock at night after having worked the entire day. Yeah, it was a long movie. Supposedly, Ryan Johnson had to cut out, I think, anywhere from like 40 to 50 minutes of the film, too. I also read that he cut out next to zero Captain Phasma material. So for anybody who's wanting more of that, sorry. She's like the new Boba Fett, in a way. Like, you're not getting any more of her. She's kind of a badass. The end. She has a cool outfit, and she's kind of badass. The end. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Captain Phasma dies in the film, and there's no body, so there's always like that potential hope. Nobody possible return, and like I feel the natural progression for the episode nine is you have Ray's enemy being or rival being Kylo Ren, you have Poe's rival being General Hux, and then you almost have Finn's rival being Captain Phasma in a way. I kind of hope that there's like a logical conclusion point between all three of them, or all six of them really, in the next film. But we might not get that. Likely, we won't get it. Likely, Captain Phasma's dead. She looked really cool. Gwendolyn Christie is a fantastic actress. And we'll never get to see her again in Star Wars. She did as good of a job as you can having uh, like eight lines in the entire movie. Yeah. She she totally killed it. And yeah. again, I want to buy all the Captain Phasma toys because it just looks badass. Yeah, a CGI character putting coins into BB-8 got more screen time than Captain Phasma did. Oh my god. How depressing is that? Although that scene, I liked that scene. Uh, yeah, so did I. It was funny. And I love, that's a nice little touch in the movie. You're seeing where they go to this world where there's a, it's basically a giant gambling planet. And this alien creature puts coins into BB-8 thinking he's some sort of slot machine. But the nice touch is that anytime you see BB-8 
afterward, there's a slight jingle. So you hear the coin <laughs> inside him, which I thought was a really nice touch by Ryan Johnson. Okay, so speaking of the jokes, were you a fan of them? Were there too many? Was it too corny? Were they a little campy? Yeah, all people had problems with the jokes. I didn't, personally. I loved them. Uh, I thought it was a nice touch. It definitely it, it is different than the other Star Wars films in that regard. So if that's not really looking forward to your Star Wars film, I can see how some people would be jaded by that. But I, I thought for the most part, most of them hit. Yeah, and my favorite joke was I think what a lot of people is what a lot of people's favorite joke is is the Poe your mama joke the long winded I can't hear you let me tell them your mama joke uh, to General Hux which played and it landed and opening night people were just dying laughing over it it was the first of many and it it landed great the lamest one was like the biggest dad joke of all time the very end right before. Luke has the lightsaber battle with Kylo and they launch just an ass load of weapons down on him. And of course he stands unfazed, untouched, and he just does the little shoulder brush off. That was the lamest dad jokiest Star Wars bit of all time. I liked it, but it was so lame. Now, when you went and saw it, was your screening receptive to the jokes? Oh yeah, they loved it. Yeah, see, when I went and saw mine, like... No one else seemed to really be laughing except for me and my wife who went with me. Like, we were seeing the only ones chuckling at the jokes, like, or laughing out loud. Everyone else was just kind of silent. But you went at day release. I saw it a few days later. I think that's just, you get different uh, groups of fandom at that point. You really do. And the people who are going to see it day one, I would say 80% of them probably just ate it up and loved it. I had a lot of friends that are huge Star Wars nerds that absolutely hated this film. And I have called them out to their faces as much as possible. But there was clapping. It was joyous. It was raucous in there. It was a loud movie theater. It was a fun, happy movie theater. You know, there was a lot of worry going to the film about the Porgs. Kind of like how people were afraid that BB-8 was going to be terrible. But I ended up really enjoying the Porgs in the film. What do you think? I did too. And there weren't, if you really think about it, there wasn't a lot of happy Porg moments. Like it was kind of a sad, depressing thing for a large bit of it. The happiest Porg moment I think was when they were in the Millennium Falcon Yeah, and they're basically just being gremlins and just tearing up the ship. And then it cuts (laughs) to Porgs nesting at some part in the Millennium Falcon. It was great. Oh, so speaking of the Millennium Falcon, uh, we'll just touch briefly on it because the movie only touched briefly on it. And this is one of my few complaints. Well, if I really think about it, I have several complaints about the Mm -hmm. film. That's because I break this thing down unlike any other movie I ever see. Like, I went into every damn scene and was like, all right, here's what we're doing. But the Chewy, there was very little Chewy. Yeah, and I think that's one issue that's just going to happen in this new trilogy that carries over all of love characters from the original trilogy. That some characters are going to get less screen time because if this movie, these movies are not Chewy's story, they're not 3PO's R2 story. These movies are, it's Ray, Kylo, and Finn's story. Yeah. Um, and Poe. You bastard. I have that written down as like one of my closing <laughs> things. Yeah. It's, I don't, it's not really even a, a Leia, a Luke, a Han story. Like it's, it's not about them anymore. It's not about Laura Dern's amazing character, although <laughs> it kind of was. Tell me about your thoughts on, on a couple of new characters. I got a couple for you. And just give me a couple of brief sentences on it. So Laura Dern's character, yeah, Vice me. Admiral Ahulda, I personally hated her character. And now you're supposed to hate her character because yep. you're supposed to root for Poe. And she's going against Poe. Uh, and she seems to have no plan in order to save the rebels 
while post cutting a plan in secret, and then she tries to stop him. Mutiny occurs. But what kills me about it, and turns out she had a plan the whole time to evacuate the internal base. Why did she just not tell Poe? Why should not tell anyone? Like, what was the point of just keeping that a secret? That is one of my biggest pet peeves in any oh, sort really? of fiction. It's just withholding information for no reason. <laughs> she had a hot older teacher vibe. I've always had a thing for Laura Dern, so it played for me literally the whole time. I knew it. Like I knew the, purple the whole hair time. Too. Yeah, the purple hair. Yep. The the big uh, collar that made her neck look like 15 inches long. You're like, go away, Poe. She's doing just fine on her own. <laughs> Laura knows what yeah. she's talking about, Poe. What would you think of? So, I mean, obviously, you like, I mean, aside from the fact that it was Laura Dern, did you like Vice Admiral Holda? Uh, at first, I hated her guts. I was like, who is this bitch? What's she doing? Mm. Poe has all the good ideas. Mm. Clearly wrong. She knows what she's doing, is what we found out. And, of course, in the end, everybody loved her. Or they should have loved her. I mean, she may have died for nothing, but yeah, she took down a ship, which was in a spectacular fashion. Yeah, and like she- you said, that being your favorite scene, that visual with the silence of just that bright crash was one of the coolest things of the whole film. It was. It was really cool. But she's also indirectly responsible for Finn and Rose and BB-8 almost dying. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because she just would have just told Poe the information, like the, what her plan was, for whatever reason. But none of that would have happened. Okay. There's another character. Uh, Rose. Thoughts on Rose? I like Rose. Rose was... The, the character itself, I really enjoyed. The love interest... Between the angle but potential between her and Finn, I'm not a giant fan of. And I hope that there's not like a love triangle or potential love triangle thing with Ray going on in episode nine. But Rose herself, I thought, just as a standalone character, was really strong. I thought some of the messages or some of her dialogue was a little ham-fisted at times. So a lot of people loved the line where she wants to put her fist through the entire casino planet because of its corruption. I liked the message, but I thought it was just a little too ham-fisted for a moment like that. It really, really was. Some of her dialogue seemed a little forced. I don't know if that's because of the way she delivered it or because of the way it was written. Whatever it was, I thought that the only poorly acted scenes really kind of came from her. But now, on the whole, I like Rose. I like where everything's going with it. Yeah, uh, and I John Boyega, I thought. Yeah. yeah, John Boyega and Kelly Marie Tramp, who her name is, they, they had good chemistry. Both on another, like, they had the, great chemistry. Their comedic timing played well up one another, too. That first yeah. scene in the in the ship when he's yeah. trying to escape to go help Ray. Yeah, perfect. Great stuff. Yeah. Another new character. Let's see. Benicio Del Toro's character? Yes. Oh, my God. I fucking love him. Benicio Del Toro's character is the best part of the whole movie. Yeah, he's in the credits as DJ. He's never his name's never mentioned in the film once though. Oh, so, really? Yeah. I so, didn't catch that. I guess that's why I don't have a name for him on here. I enjoyed him. I mean, he's a good enough actor to where he definitely steals scenes whenever he's in it. But his story just kind of ends. And I I really hope that there's more with him in the next film because it just seemed like a short character of convenience. And honestly, I was disappointed because, you know, they go to the planet's camera in the name of to go get the master code breaker and they end up taking Michel Toro to be the code breaker who betrays them. But what kills me is the master code breaker we, we see for a brief moment and it's played by Justin Thoreau, who I'm a huge fan of. Oh, from, I didn't catch that. Yeah, that was him. Yeah. From the leftovers, <laughs> Wonderlust, Baxter and a bunch of other things as well. And that's why I was like, oh, Justin Thoreau's in Star Wars. That's amazing. And then he's in Star Wars for two seconds. <laughs> And <laughs> that's never. fucking brilliant. If that, I hope that's Ryan Johnson just being like, Oh, Hey, Justin throw, you want to be in star Wars? Just kidding. You're in it for like a minute. 
That yeah. I didn't even realize that. I didn't even look at his face. I just saw like the badge. I was like, that's him. That's the Master Codebreaker. Real quick on the Master Codebreaker before we get back to new characters. That whole plot line of them having to leave the ship to go to this planet and find this person and then go back to the ship and hurry and hurry and hurry. That seemed way too long of an event to happen for, for what they were needing at that yeah, time. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the film took a ticking clock to where they only have X amount of fuel before they'll be in range of the First Order's fleet and be destroyed. And But they have time to go use a bunch of fuel to go to this planet yeah. and then bring this person back. Yeah, yeah it was a, it's, it was Yeah, a I agree. It, it, it kind of hurt the pacing a bit. And I, I thought the planet was really cool. There's a bunch of fun scenes there. I love um, that new planet because I think, if I'm not mistaken... Other than Luke's island, that's the first time that we're not in space. There's only, if I'm not mistaken, three planets that we get to yeah, see. Yeah, I think in you're right. Huh? That's I never thought about that. But yeah, yeah, that's another one of my little. It's not really a complaint, but it's the whole damn thing's in space. The whole <laughs> fucking thing. I mean, it's Star Wars, yeah. so I mean, of course it's in fucking space, but it's all on a ship. It's all on a bunch yeah. of different ships. Uh, I never thought about that. Yeah, I did because I'm smarter than you. <laughs> another new character, the Imperial Droid. I'm like, who else is there? Oh, I've got, I got one. Okay. Well, the Imperial droid was good too, and I, I, I'm gonna catch so much shit for this. Did we need as much Billy Lord as we had? As the, do you remember? Do you know Billy Lord is in this movie? Yeah, she was one of the uh, pilot cap. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, it's Carrie Fisher's daughter. (laughs) Yeah, she's a new character. She's in the Force Awakens. Was she really? Yeah. Ah, shit. Well, there you go. Oops. And you're smarter than me both, just quickly admitted you. <laughs> Let me one-up you just to go right back down. But I was on her. I mean, she served her purpose. She didn't, like, steal a bunch of scenes. She's Every just... time she was on screen, I was like, that's Carrie Fisher's daughter. <laughs> I had no problem with her. I thought she delivered her lines fine. You need some other people that are going to be regulars as far as rank goes in certain areas of the crew. So. so going back a bit to the beginning here, and, like, way at the beginning, I think... The second joke of the film is when we get to, I'm not trying to just like break down every joke. I promise this is actually a huge moment in the film and it's the biggest carryover moment, the biggest cliffhanger. So when we see Luke for the first time, we see him on his Island and he just throws the lightsaber over his shoulder. Like it's nothing and just walks away. What are your thoughts on who Luke is and who he's become? I hate it with, with an absolute passion. Really? Yeah. That's one of my biggest complaints with the film. And Mark Hamill, sort of famously now, also told Ryan Johnson that he hated what he did with the character, but it's his film, and he will give the best performance that he can with the material. Have you read Ryan Johnson's um, interviews about their their talks and everything? No. I, I highly recommend everybody that's listening to this, and especially Alex, the uh, Alex, the resident idiot that we have working here at our podcast, to go check it out. It was a little enlightening to me, because I'd also read the... Mark Hamill things. And I was like, Oh shit, that kind of makes me bummed out about where Luke is. But Ryan Johnson's defense of it. And he basically broke it down because he's been writing and directing and filming for four years for this movie. This is his baby. He grew up watching star Wars. Like a lot of us did put all of his time. And he was like, all right, so Luke's on this planet. Why is he on this planet? And he had to break it down as to why he thought Luke would be out here when everybody else is fighting the good fight, like why Luke actually would think that he has to be out here doing this and his defense of it was actually, it sold to me because I had an issue at first with it as well. I was like, why is Luke kind of this way? But after reading Ryan Johnson's interview about it, 
I I feel a little bit better about it, honestly. I mean, I'll be honest. I don't think any interview I read is going to fix that for me because what I saw in the film is what it is. And I understand that oh, yeah. he became an exile after he believes that he failed Ben Solo. And I mean, oh, it's, he failed a, him. it's the daughter. He failed him uh, hard. But he, so he saw a, a brief moment of darkness inside Kylo Ren and hesitated for a moment and thought about destroying his apprentice. However, he saw much greater darkness in his father and also saw a chance at redemption and fought to bring the light aside. Like Luke's faced all this darkness before to a much larger degree and came out on the light side because of it. Well, was it to a, to a higher degree? I don't, I don't know that it necessarily was because things are, things are good. And then all of a sudden his, his fucking nephew, his sister and his best friend's kid is this evil shithead. He's had a connection with this kid since he grew up. And since, this he's known this kid. He's always been this father type uncle figure to him. And now he has to possibly kill him. I think this is a huge, huge moment and way more intense. I disagree with you completely. Again, the village idiot letting everybody down. Okay. And so he decides to give up. He's like, you know what? <laughs> you know what? Luke Skywalker no longer believes in redemption. Okay. Yep. Han Solo was a jerk when I first met him. Always a jerk. Never liked the guy. <laughs> well, didn't, know, didn't know Leia was my sister. Still have the hot four. Okay. <laughs> Darth, just wishing he could yeah. tongue kiss his sister. Again. Darth Vader, ultimate evil. Kylo Ren yeah. just in the way of making that uh, that reunion a possibility. Yeah. C-3PO, annoying. Okay, so that one he still got. Actually, I love C-3PO, but that's a change of topic. Uh, I know it just it didn't feel like Luke to me. It felt like a different character, and I, I could and I understand Luke being distraught, beaten down so much, but just to have it to that extreme and the way that they ended it with Luke, with Luke force projecting himself across the galaxy was kind of cool. But him force projecting okay. himself across the galaxy was not kind of cool. Okay. It was fucking amazing. It was really cool. I'll, I'll give you that. But then, he, but then he I got did, from kind of cool to really cool. But then that's at a the big end, step. Guys. It cuts back to him on his island, and then he dies. Just he, he, he's dead because this is what the apparently new trilogy is. It's episode seven. Okay, we got to kill Han Solo. Episode eight, let's kill Luke Skywalker. Oh, episode nine, now we have to kill Leia because Carrie Fisher is totally dead. Oh yeah, spoiler alert: Leia is gonna be dead as shit in episode nine. Yeah, so. It's a matter of time. Oh, real quick. Something that I did think was lame. And how many things that we're saying are lame is probably making everybody think, guys, how could you even like this movie? You thought so many parts were lame. Movie's fucking awesome. We're just breaking everything down to a microscopic level. But when Leia gets blown out of the ship and then comes right back into the ship and is alive, I was like, that's lame as fuck. Yeah, a lot of that was, see, for me, that wasn't like a huge issue. I thought she like, got blown into space. Yeah. But, I mean, you'd assume that she's a Skywalker and also has powerful abilities with the Force, too. Clearly, she does. Uh, and it wasn't she like she recovered. fucking into space. Right away. I mean, she was in intensive care, basically, out of the movie for the majority of it. Yeah. One thing I would have liked to change is that light speed, or that scene where Hulda takes the ship and destroys the First Order's fleet. I kind of wish it had been Leia on board. It would have been, obviously, with Carrie Fisher passing, it would have been nice for her character. But it would have been, I thought, a much more powerful moment. To have Leia go down to have the and have the rebel live on through her teachings and all that, which is kind of what we were hoping to get with Ray. Is Ray's hoping to live on with Luke's or with the because she has the the famous Jedi books. I can't remember what they're called. The text, the sacred text. She actually has those. I thought those were on the island. Yeah, I believe there's a glimpse of the final scene of Millennium Falcon that we see that she's got some of the text. Okay, her. interesting. I didn't I didn't catch that. So I've got so much more. We haven't even gotten into Ray or Kylo or really Finn a whole lot. Um, 
Thoughts on Finn? I like Finn a lot as a character. Again, it's kind of like you brought up earlier with the Casino Planet, which I wish I really wish I could remember the name of that planet. But I thought it was just kind of a massive detour for his character. There wasn't much growth of his character. I, I wish we could have seen more. He had that cool fight with Captain Phasma that lasted all of two seconds. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah that fight was awesome, and then it was over. <laughs> I mean, there's not much else to say about it. It was cool as shit, and it was like a, a good finality for that. He plot did have point. a great intro in this movie with him waking out of the medical unit and just walking <laughs> the halls in sort of a bubble bubble suit, leaking water everywhere. That was actually yeah. really fucking solid. That was a good another comedic moment, and then Poe coming up going, "Finn, buddy, yeah. what's going on, buddy?" Yeah, I thought that was pretty great. I thought that there was um. I could have used him dying in this one, but I know he he's got a bigger okay, part. Of this story. I actually thought he was going to die. I was scene. I was not only seeing it as a possibility, I was okay with it. Yeah, which I I think is good filmmaking too. Yeah, like the thought that I the I thought well, I was like wow they made this guy protagonist in episode seven and they're going to kill him off in episode eight. I, I thought that was a very powerful moment. At least I don't know if it was powerful. Maybe some people were like no he's not going to die. Like Disney has a plan for this guy. He laid down his life, though. He he showed he's an ultimate hero. Yeah. He fully embraced death to save his people. And although, that's part of his character arc, too. That, yeah, like he did He didn't view himself as a hero or anything. He always viewed himself as someone that was running away from the fight. Yep. And not running toward. It's a really lame assessment, Alex. Spot on, though. Poe. What do you think of my bow my bo Poe? I like Poe a lot. I would say probably in this movie, he was my favorite character out of the main four. Interesting. I just, I thought, I like his resolve. I like the hot head. I mean, he's basically the new Han Solo, essentially. And yeah. I, I thought that he did. He's funny. He's cocky. Yeah. yeah. He he thinks he's always, he thinks his plan's the best. Yep. Uh, he has a companion that we can't understand, but he understands fluently. Yep. So. Yeah. He was sure as shit shown some humility too, just like Han yeah. is. Which I thought was nice too, that like, it showed that even though I thought the reasons that he didn't know the plan were completely stupid, actually, because there were no reasons that he didn't know the plan. The fact that he didn't know the plan was completely stupid, but I like the fact that he the tables turned on him. He was shot and then w- wakes up in one of the evac ships. Yeah, Poe is a badass flyer, and he basically, in my opinion, continued his plot from the first movie. He's a badass. We like him a little bit more this time, I think, around. Some people didn't like Poe. Who doesn't like Poe? Uh, some people just thought that he was a little too arrogant. That maybe that he was uh, his relationship with Finn is not all it's cracked up to be, or maybe they wanted more of a a Poe Finn dynamic instead of a a Finn Rose dynamic. I could have used that personally. Yeah, I mean, I thought it fit in with the characters for the story of this movie. Uh, his yeah, I like that he has a that that relationship with Leia too. That yeah, I thought that that's going to really, gonna nice. really yeah. bring in some. Some heartstrings and Oscar Isaac's really going to bring that performance home in the uh, the next uh, untitled Star Wars film. Now we're getting to the the meat and the, the meat and taters of this one. Ray and Kylo. I'm going to go ahead and go with an unpopular opinion here and say that Kylo Ren was my favorite character of this movie. Yeah, yeah. Boom. Drop that. Drop that shit right there. I don't know. I think Adam Driver does a good job, but there's still part of me where I just see him as emo Darth Vader. Like, I can't help it. It's just emo Kylo Ren, and I, I think that very much. It fits in line with his character, with with his what he's gone through and what his struggles are. But at times I'm like, God, this guy's just whiny. Sometimes he's no. Gonna, so here's what it gonna is: gonna go home, listen to some cursive, and just and just do sweet lightsaber tricks. 
His parents are the Buddy Holly listening to old school fogies from forever ago. Kylo uh, Ren is no. listening to the Ramones. Kylo Ren. Please. Han Solo is a PCR <laughs> guy. Okay. <laughs> Disagree entirely. No. Those movies came out in the there's 70s. Nothing they were punk Buddy rock Holly about things. Kylo Ren. Okay. Oh, there's yeah. everything punk rock yeah. about Kylo Ren. Do like my dad, I have to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's my mom. Maybe I know I shouldn't kill her. Uh, tell me people that listen yeah. to the Ramones didn't want to like beat up their dad. Yeah. Tell me. Yeah. Trust me, I, I, I don't see Kylo Ren sniffing glue like <laughs> before big force battles. That's how he got so powerful in the forces. He just sniffed glue and was like, "Maybe I could do this." That's what, and I like Kylo. I still like Kylo Ren as a character. I've enjoyed seeing his arc, and I'm really excited to see what's going to happen to him in Episode Nine. If he's going to evolve into the supreme villain or not, or be turned to the light side. And I like Ray a lot, but like what kills me is Ray sees this potential hope of goodness or amount of goodness in. Kylo, which I like that. I like there's a chance. But what kills me is Ray understands that Ben Solo is upset that he was almost cut down by his apprentice, but she never asked him, like, hey, by the way, why'd you kill all those other Jedis at the temple? All those <laughs> other young men? Like, that was kind of evil and twisted. Oh, no, I'm not worried about that, because there's a chance of goodness inside you. Well, I think the reason he did it, obviously, was he they wouldn't come with him, so he's like, uh, join me or you're dead. And they're like, no! Yeah, they're like, yeah, we want to be Jedi. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's pretty lame, dudes. And then they go, the other ones go with them. They form the Knights of Ren, which was propping the Force Awakens, and never brought up in this movie. So yeah, I think after he killed him, he put on a uh, Sheena as a punk rocker and just flew away like a like a real badass. Yeah, he he did none of those things. <laughs> pretty sure he did. <laughs> no, he probably pretty just put sure. on. Uh, some Taking Back Sunday. Like, <laughs> oh, God. All right. If he listens to Taking Back Sunday, Kylo and I are done. All right, Ray, the uh, the protagonist of the story. I like Rayla. I think she's a great character. I guess it's, I understand that's her journey. I get frustrated that she was seeking this redemption in, in Kylo, but I understand that's part of the story. And if Ben ends up turning to the light side, it'll all be worth it. So we'll see. We'll see in the end. Well, I mean, what about you for Ray? I like Ray a lot. She definitely reminds me of a Luke. There's definitely a lot of anger in her. And I, man, I really wanted to watch her kill Kylo Ren. I really, really wanted it. That battle in the next movie is going to be insane. Yeah, if it happens, or they could just be like, "Oh, there's a potential mystery happening." Or they could just turn and Kylo, just, and yeah, yeah, that'd yeah, be yeah. that would be lame as shit. There needs yeah. to be an epic battle. And here's my worry about this next movie. Episode one and two built up to episode three and one of the most epic moments of the entire Star Wars story with Obi-Wan chopping off Hayden Christensen's legs and just one of the coolest, most heartstring tugging moments there there is in that in all of Star Wars. Yeah, I think for as much shit as the prequels get, I think episode three is a good film and that moment is one of the best moments in the entire Star Wars. Yeah. Agreed. Star Wars Episode Three is a fantastic Star Wars movie, and they really wrapped it up nicely. Now the first two, but but I'm I'm worried that we haven't built enough to get something like that and to get that emotional pull from Star Wars Episode Nine. That's my biggest fear. Yeah, and and that's kind of it's it was easier I think for us in Episode Three in a sense because we knew where, where the relationship went with the original trilogy. Yeah, sure. but you're right. It's interesting, especially. Since they want these films to have a paddle runtime, like they don't want these films to be three and a half hours, which is completely understandable. Because even after three and a half hours, I, I mean, I would be like, come on, guys, like, 
And I guess that's part of the problem. They're not going to split it into two films, uh, like the last two Twilight films or the last two Harry Potter films or anything like that. Yeah. Are there more than 25 Rebels left? Because, <laughs> because I don't know that there are. There well, were like eight dudes running away at the end. Also, another question I have, too, that like, so Luke's projection walks in to like the back of the cave. No one thinks to ask him, hey, how'd you get in here? <laughs> Bro, where did you come from? Yeah, none of that shit. Is there any chance that Leia lives? No, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see how they handle it. Unfortunately, with Carrie Fisher's passing, but I don't think there's any chance that Leia lives. Okay. I, I don't think they just be like, oh, great, guys, we got out of here. I'm retiring. I'm going to live on a nice beach planet and sit my ties, and you guys just handle the First Order. <laughs> that would be kind of dope, though. Like, Leia's just, like, yeah. chilling on beach planet. I'd be down with that. Uh, did Luke need to die? No. That was stupid. Ryan Johnson made a mistake. That was like my biggest problem with the film. That and the fact that every mystery set up in The Force Awakens, Ryan Johnson just ignored or said it's not a mystery at all. I'm I'm torn because I, I on one hand, it was obviously a huge fucking surprise that Luke is now dead. But now we're going to get Ghost Luke in the form of Obi-Wan helping Ray out. And it's going to be awesome. But on the other hand, I would have loved another... Like one last yeah. Luke lightsaber battle. Yeah, one last great moment of like Luke wielding the lightsaber and showing why he was at one point the most feared force wielder in the galaxy. He came back a hero, and and the the really sad part is everybody loved 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 Luke, and he was the hero of the first trilogy, and then now he comes back just this defeated man. He's in hiding, and he doesn't really get. Maybe he does end up getting the redemption that he needed, but it was it was kind of sad to see Luke end up that way. I'm not I'm definitely not disagreeing with you that Luke is perfect, but man, it was it was rough. So how do you feel about JJ Abrams directing episode nine? I love it. I thought he did a great job with The Force Awakens. Hopefully he is ready to just tell his own story now and he doesn't try and, and hearken too much yeah. back, which was a huge complaint from The Force Awakens, is it was just a repeat of episode four. And I agree with that, but I think Going from The Force Awakens to Last Jedi with two different filmmakers shows the problem with this current trilogy. Like, episode four, five, and six had different directors, but George Lucas oversaw everything and oversaw the entire story. He was, like, in a way, like the Kevin Feige of the Marvel Universe. So, things that were set up in episode four were answered in episode five and episode six. Things that were set up in episode seven were just killed off in episode eight and not worried about. And that's because Ryan Johnson wanted to tell his story, like, his his version of star Wars. And I think that's one thing that I hope to have tighter control on because it could happen again. JJ Abrams was like, well, I want to talk about the Knights of Ren. I don't like that. He killed off Snoke because I made him in episode seven. Guess what? Snoke's not dead. We need to find out who this guy was who apparently is strong enough to flop general Hux around like a rag doll, even though they're completely different ships without even being there just by staring at him. He's that powerful of, I don't know if he's a Sith or not, because that's never been established. Cause again, you know the thing about this powerful force wielder who basically built the first order and recreated this terrifying force that we're still fighting against after the fall of the empire. My biggest question is there's nobody else that has the force right now. Like I felt like a ton of people in episode three had the force a ton of like villain wise. Like what happened to all these villains? Like obviously everything is run by the first order and villains. You'd think they'd have recruited a lot more people with the force. 
Yeah, I mean, I will say, and obviously, too, there's there's some, because there's the Knights of Ren that was established in Episode 7, the yep. people that ran off with Kylo that were tr- being trained as Jedis. So there's other Force users out there, which we don't see. Again, that for the as the many problems that the prequel trilogy had, the one thing that was kind of cool was to see so many Force users out there. Yeah, just an yeah. absolute shit ton of not only the Jedis, but the villains as well. Now in episode nine, if they said that general Snoke was actually Jar Jar Binks, then, then everything is redeemed. <laughs> Cause that'd be absolutely, and not because he died. Cause that'd be, uh, cause I, I want them to make that movie next. I need to the next yeah. side project is Jar Jar's transformation into general Snoke. Yeah. That would give me a big old boner. Yeah, I'd general be all Snoke? over that. Nah, something like I that. Think Snoke. And I think Andy circus did a fantastic job performance wise as Snoke too. Yeah. I like that. He was brought down to a, moderately sized six foot seven man instead of the <laughs> yeah the the action scenes were pretty cool too like the violence was definitely there for star wars film snoke gets chopped in half we see his body in different pieces in different scenes throughout it there's one of the one of his guards a praetorian guards i'm not sure how to pronounce it gets tossed in some sort of thing that treats his body like a wood chipper we see those pieces yeah. flying to the air and then you also see at the end of that battle scene one of the coolest Star Wars moments where Ray tosses the lightsaber to Kylo. He catches it, turns it on, yeah. and the lightsaber goes through the guard's eyeball. Dope! Do you have any predictions or hopes for Episode Nine? I hope they kill everybody but Kylo Ren, and he stands and laughs over all of their lifeless bodies. I hope it's not a big, fuzzy, happy ending that it's going to be, because it's movies, and they're going to wrap up Star Wars as we know it, we think. I mean, Ryan Johnson's doing another trilogy. Yeah, but is it going to be any of these same characters? Probably not. I imagine probably one or two that'll appear, but no. Oh, yeah. Name. Yeah, there'll probably be two or three or four. But yeah, as as this nine film thing comes to an end, they're going to have to put a bow on it, you feel like. And they kind of did that at the end of episode four, at the end of episode six. And I think they're about to put another bow on it. You didn't really get that at episode seven and definitely no bow at the end of episode eight. Yeah, I agree with that. There's, I mean, it's... There's nothing yeah. shiny and happy here. No, and I mean, that's what Empire was. Like, Empire had that very downfall and, like, dark ending to it. And I argue that the ending, aside from Luke dying, was a little bit sunnier even in The Last Jedi than Empire. But I think this film yeah. suffers a bit from the way of it being the male film and a essentially a trilogy, too. Yeah, it's, it's most definitely a trilogy, and it's the middle film, so it's going to be judged at, a, at an impossibly high standard the previous middle films the se- episode two was actually not terrible it wasn't great no i mean anything was better than the phantom menace and then episode five empire strikes back is arguably the greatest star wars film yeah i mean i agree with that yeah i mean it's yeah it's on the whole fan fucking tastic uh what i hope is leia somehow lives poe somehow dies and why do you want Poe to die? I, I just need it. I don't know why. Poe just needs to die. That's what I want from this. And I don't want a Finn Rose love story. And I want Kylo and Rey to run off together. Yeah, I agree. I don't want a Finn Rose love story either. I do not want Kylo and Rey to love off, run off together. I really don't need a love story. I mean, if there is one for any characters. So be, I don't want there to be a Kylo and Rey love story. I think that would be awful. Um <laughs> I hope Luke Skywalker's not dead. I just hope that he did some magical force thing that somehow, again, I, it's, it, he's dead. He, I, know, I know he's dead, but I'm like, well, there was no body. And I know that Jedi's don't delete bodies for some reason when they die, for whatever reason. Um, Yoda, for one. Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan. All the best Jedi's do it like this. 
Mace Windu didn't. <laughs> Mace Windu got fucked yeah. up. That was awesome. I can't ask much. I hope the good guys come out on top. I hope I hope Kylo gets defeated and humiliated and realizes that he was wrong the entire time. Yes. Uh, uh, my hope is that they actually transform the the sketch from SNL where Kylo Ren is there as a janitor. I hope they really just turn that into episode nine. I hope the porgs become and like and the hours. new Ewoks and become freedom fighters. Yeah. Enjoy the rebels. <laughs> That's how they strengthen their armies by breeding porgs. Any hope for the Han Solo standalone? I like Ron Howard. I like the cast of the film. I'm sure I'll like it. Rogue One's been my favorite out of these new films. Who's Han Solo again? I don't remember the actor's name. Some nobody, right? It's not. I mean, he's not even the biggest actor in the film, which I think is nice because sometimes if you see a big actor in no character, you can't help but separate it. Yeah. Like Jude Law as Dumbledore. That's going to be weird. I mean, or Johnny Depp as whatever his name is, Grizzlebeard. Yeah. Grizzleface. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anything for the Ryan Johnson trilogy? That I'm actually I'm more excited about in a sense because that's him just handling his own story from start to finish. He's not taking someone else's story, taking these characters, changing it however he say, see fits, and then handing it off to somebody else. I'm I'll, very excited that he gets to tell three movies from start to finish. I'll tell you my biggest hope for the Ryan Johnson film is that it actually fucking involves a bunch of Jedi. Yeah, that would be cool to actually just have a heavy Jedi heavy movie. I mean, or even a Sith heavy movie. Like, I don't care. It's about one person from the Sith, like, seeing the light and trying to bat yeah. their way against it. If just it's, something. If it's not Jedi and Sith, it needs to fucking be a bounty hunters. Yeah. It, End it, of story. It is interesting that, and I understand why, but there hasn't been a heavy focus on Jedi for, like, the standalone films. But you can't just do away with them in the Star Wars universe. No. So. They haven't announced what the third standalone film is going to be yet, have they? Not to my, there's been rumors, but no, they haven't announced it. What are the rumors you've been hearing? There was a Bounty Hunter film, like you mentioned. Yeah. There was a Boba Fett rumored standalone film. And then there was another, I can't remember, there was a Lando Calrissian film, but obviously that one's not going to happen because Lando's in Solo. So there's been a, a bunch of like prequel stories and things like that, too. Yeah. So. It'll be interesting. It'll definitely be before at least the actions of one of these films. Yeah. Hopefully they go back and hearken around episode four. So, where do you give this film on a scale of out of one to ten? I give it an eight. It was really good. I enjoyed it. I give it a six, actually. Uh, I wow. have. Wow. I know. I have a lot of problems. I really need to see this film again. But just right now, I just have a sour taste in my mouth. I still. I say that as someone. I like the film. Now, uh, question: If give me and and be honest, go back to right after you saw the film. What would you have rated this movie? Would you have given it a six, honestly, then, or since you? thought about it and internalized so many issues and things that now you're like, it's a six. Probably about a four after I saw it. No shit. Yeah. You're wrong. Oh my God. I hate you so bad. That's about a six right now. So what did, what did Jess think? What did your wife think? She liked it. She's not a huge star Wars fan. So, so for her, I mean, she enjoyed it. She thought the porgs were cute. She enjoyed the characters in the story. She initially, she probably liked it more than I did coming out of the theater. I probably like it more than she does now. So interesting. Fine. I yeah. guess that means I'm not going to take uh, my girlfriend to go see it, even though I don't think she really cared anyways. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that about wraps it up for this week's episode. Next week, we're going to start doing a countdown of our top 10 comic book films and TV shows of the year. So look out for that. Hold on. There needs to be a bunch of excitement about this. Breaking down the top 10 in a two-part episode. And we're going to have special things. We're going to have special guests. No, uh, we're not. <laughs> 
Sure. Well, yeah. There I mean, no I'll special be here. I'm, I'm the special guest. There will be this. no special things. <laughs> no, there's not. Get ready for it. As always, you can email us at henchmanofcomics at gmail.com. You can uh, find us on Facebook, on the Twitter sphere, and you can follow us on Instagram. Alex, what's your favorite method of of following us? My favorite method of following yeah, us? Yeah, what, what probably do you subscribe just, most on? Uh, my favorite probably just inside uh, a car parked outside our <laughs> home staring at us through the windows. <laughs> That's solid. I can't, I can't argue with that one. And Han Solo's tattered corpse. Henshin ain't easy. <laughs>